0: The man who discovered the Blood Moons is here with us. This is not good. This is one bucket of pancakes. The man of the toupee. He's on the front page of the
1: There's no respect for white European males anymore.
2: It's kind of, like, sexy, I think it's supposed to be. So it's like some lady going, like, I'm a teacher.
3: I'm going to let you play
2: with this colored pencil. And I'm like, this is weird. But then I'll, like, I don't know. I'll be like, all right, I guess I'm just, like, a pervert, and I'll fall asleep. But then, like, it will just autoplay. And so I'll wake up, like, in the middle of the night and forget that it's playing. And it's just, like, someone being like, one, two, three. From like, the corner of my room or wherever my phone's at, and it will scare the shit out <laughs> of me, and then I can't get back to sleep. Because my brain, even though I'm like, oh, it's just a YouTube video, I'm still like, well, it could be a ghost, too. So it's not relaxing at all. I hate ASMR.
4: You should just listen to the one of, like, the women who just eat, like, raw salmon. That makes me cum, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's my fetish. It's just some lady being like,
0: I eat this salmon this is like this is good this is good salmon can listen to the
4: ones without like the talking just like the chewing and <laughs> the... no see
2: <laughs> that doesn't like do it for me though like when it's just like the tapping or like the that's like a brush going up against something I'm like this is annoying why do people like this at least when someone's talking I'm like okay this is like relaxing but then it's like when they're like some of them have, like, a sexy voice when they do it. I'm like, don't do that. Just talk. To, whisper normally. You don't have to, like, whisper like you're, like, Marilyn Monroe singing to John Kennedy. Fucking just, just whisper about, like, I don't know, <laughs> fucking children of men to me. Um, speaking of children of men, this is the Spin Doctrines podcast. <laughs> the podcast about propaganda and the people who peddle it. I'm Travis asmr is <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm Kenny Van.
4: <laughs> I'm Amador Salazar, uh, also known as Hallucinary. Hallucid-fuck. I'm too- huh. um, yum, yum, yum,
2: yum. <laughs> <laughs> good, good save, Kenny. Good
0: save.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Kenny's
3: doing Cookie oh, Monster shit. ASMR with a- oh, Me like cookie. yum 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 this is the intro. Yeah, this is the intro. And you ruined it with your... I'm Amador. I'm hallucinating. Oh, fuck. Oh. Four attempts. four attempts. This is where we ended up. Amador's yeah. on DMT.
2: Kenny's on CMT. <laughs> and... Um, Yeah, so today we're talking about the last season of Tim Allen's hit sitcom, Last Man Standing.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and in a way, Children of Men is that.
2: Yeah, Last Man Standing on Fox Fridays at 7 (laughs) p.m. No, yeah, so we're talking about uh, Children of Men, which... um, it's a movie from 2006, which you said came out on Christmas Day, Amador?:
4: In the United States. everywhere else it, it came out sooner. <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, this was we like dystopian Yeah, we get to watch dystopian and sci-fi stuff for Christmas.
2: It's good.: it Came at the same day as Rocky Balboa <laughs> and uh, Blood Diamond. Sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> doing a bad uh,
3: South African accent. Have you ever seen that movie? No. It sucks uh, shit. It's not good.
4: Yeah, I always like I, when I was younger I wanted to watch it, but I could never get through it. It's a bad accent.
2: Yeah. For such a good actor, he's like be shit at accents.
4: Yeah, he wasn't he didn't have a Boston accent in the departed.
2: No, he was like a regular guy in that. And then Django just... it was like, well, this is a stupid movie, so it makes sense that your accent's stupid. Like you're like a weird German guy, like Annabelle himself, South, being like, "That's a No, yeah, That's from that's from the other one, right? That's from the Nazi one. What's like a line that he says in Django? Is he like, "Wow, wow, wow, My name is dentist. Hey, are you talking about
1: Christoph Waltz or Leonardo DiCaprio?
2: No, DiCaprio's like, "I do declare," in like Django. I'm mean, like, that makes sense because this is a stupid movie. <laughs> it makes sense, your accent's stupid. It fits, is what I'm saying. But Blood Diamond's supposed to be good, and he's just... <laughs> He sounds like Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> it's
4: just... Luckily, uh, Christoph Waltz and Leo are not in this movie. Yeah. Uh... Oh, Dreamgirls also came out on Christmas, 2006. A little
1: uh... Double feature. Dreamgirls, children of men. Aragon triple feature.
2: Never seen Dream Girls, never will see Dream Girls. I hate musicals. I think they're stupid. (laughs) Words should be
1: spoken. (laughs) Controversial take. Yeah. In the middle. Are bad. Yeah, I
2: listen to fucking. The only thing I listen to on my Spotify is Andy Kendler albums. I just, I'm like, this is music to me. (laughs) This <laughs> is Andy
3: Kendler going, like, guess what? My name is Andy. Wa wah, wah, wah. It's my Andy Kendler impression. Uh,
2: yeah, so go. this movie came out in 2006. It was uh, directed by I
4: was... Al- Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, he's a Mexican filmmaker, uh, probably most famous for doing uh, Roma at this point, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Gravity también. He, well. he did that one.
2: I think yeah. that was his biggest one prior to this.
3: That yeah, I think that. Or he did a Harry, Harry
2: Potter movie, but I don't think that's like a, his movie. I don't think people right. are like, hey, I'm gonna go see the new like Coran movie, <laughs> Alfonso Quran <Caron> movie. <laughs> when they're seeing like Harry <laughs> Potter three or the Secret of the Ooze or whatever the fuck that bullshit is called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's, um, it stars. A, so I'm just running through kind of that. Okay, yeah. About? it. Starts Clive Owen, aka my Clive. Um, He's your Clive. Yep, my He's Clive. Wow, 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 wow. My name is Clive. <laughs> Julianne Moore. Um, Michael Caine. Got it right. I called him Michael Douglas, and I called him Batman's friend. <laughs> <laughs> like the other times we tried to record. Um, who else is in this movie? Uh, uh
4: the Sons of Anarchy guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I I look up his name because I don't know how to pronounce he has, like, it. He Charlie... would tell Elifor.
4: Okay.
2: From a, he, said... he was in Twelve Years a Slave. He was in
3: right. He's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie. Uh, I was just looking it up
2: because I was like, this movie. How what awards did this movie get nominated for? It got nominated for uh, best adapted screenplay because it's based on a book. Yeah. Um
4: it it's based off a screenplay that that's also based off a book. Wait, is yeah. this like the second draft of a Yeah, kind of, is what they made it sound like. Oh shit. Well in the book
2: Um like the cause of like the infer what makes the pe- why people are infertile is different. Apparently. Oh really? Yeah, like because in the movie it's it's. Did they explain it in the movie? They say I mean, it like think... briefly. No, yeah, because oh, they? they have that scene where they're talking about how the women just miscarriage. That weird yeah. like midwife.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's true. She but mentions the... them, but she doesn't say like
2: it, it. But in the but in the book, apparently, it's men that are infer- infertile. Oh. So they just huh. changed that. Um. So it was nominated for best best adapted screenplay. Wait, let me look up what else? it was nominated for. Three Oscars, I think. Um, best Clive. It was nominated for best Clive. Didn't win. <laughs> didn't win that one though. It didn't win. It got nominated for uh,
3: cinematography, which should have won for that. Uh, oh yeah, I mean film editing.
4: There's a lot of like intense scenes, just like. A lot of stuff happens in this fucking movie
2: (laughs) when you get to it like describing it we'll get to the scenes more but there's like one scene that's probably like my favorite one of my favorites of all time uh it's also nominated for editing so it wasn't nominated for best picture and i looked up what won in 2006 and this is the year that crash won best picture (laughs) it was like crash brokeback mountain capote which mm. I mean, Brokeback Mountain and Capote are fine, but yeah. this movie should have been nominated at least, and certainly Crash should of one.
4: Like the yeah, I'm just thinking like in 2006 that I don't know a lot of the, the themes don't seem like they would jive well, uh, just with American culture. Or- well, and Crash had ludicrous
2: in it, so that's why I want that picture. <laughs>
4: This is true. They're man. like, fuck, we, we yeah, didn't please. give
2: it to Too Fast, Too Furious in 2003. We have to give it to Crash <laughs> now to make it up to Ludic. This is also the year that 3-6 Mafia won for that song uh, from Hustle and Flow. So this is a weird year. Real Children of Men won no Oscars and 3-6 Mafia won, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, one Oscar? Two Oscars? So they each get an Oscar? Uh do like I Juicy J yeah. and the other guy have to like share the Oscar?
4: Like they cut it in half or yeah, well they offered <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. it. They go like, <laughs> "We can cut it in half." And then Juicy J is like, "No, I'd rather him have it." And they're like, "Congratulations. You love the Oscar more." And they're like, "Oh, from the Bible." And they're like, "Yeah, stupid. Get out of here." You have an Oscar now. <laughs> uh yeah, so that's I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Not even
3: nominating it, but at least director. Give a director a nomination. I don't know. Seems yeah. weird.
2: Uh, yeah, so let's do like a quick plot synopsis and then kind of get to our thoughts about it.
4: Sure. So essentially, uh, this is taking place in mostly in 2027 uh, London. Um, so the not-so-distant F- future. Cyberpunk um, 2077.
2: No, 2027. Sorry. I thought you said 2077. Oh. I was like, it's weird. That's <laughs> yeah, no, no, the no. same uh, year as po- Cyberpunk. And then I was like, it's not.
4: Sorry. <laughs> Go on. No, this, is, this is what's going to happen in seven years. So cool. get ready. <laughs> um, every other country has gone to shit except for Britain. Uh, and uh, humans, for whatever reason, uh, are no longer able to reproduce. Um, and so the world has been this way for two decades. Oh, I'm quick
2: sidebar. Do you think the only reason Britain survived is because, uh, Monty Python is so
1: good? <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, uh, to, also to say, uh, Britain is pretty rough shape still. And also, you know, like that, yes. that might just be like propaganda on their part. Like the U.S. and all these other countries have failed, but we're... It we'll, might we'll be to, one of the worst places live. I don't
2: know. We'll get to that All at right. the end 'cause there's some the ending kind of suggests there's yeah. different
4: stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean it, it it is interesting, like uh that's true. Like you kind of find out that the rest of the world has gone to shit through like this weird TV ad that Clive Owen's looking at in the beginning of the film. It's basically. like
2: a fallout like load screen,
0: which just like <laughs>
4: It's like Paris is burning, New York City's on fire, and Britain's soldiers on. And that pans
2: out. He's like on like a shitty city bus.
4: Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's really sad because uh, baby Diego has died, and baby Diego is the youngest person in the world.
2: He's eighteen. Yeah, they give like the exact like down to the second of his age.
4: Yeah yeah so your obsession which i would assume that would happen right like if everyone just couldn't have kids anymore they'd be like that's the youngest guy
2: that's my question is like when do you like how long do you think it would take for the whole world
3: to realize that like no one had been born like how many like a month you think after like a month of babies not being born they'd be like
4: the apocalypse Um... I think they would probably, I mean, based on like how it happened with the movie, like it sounds like everybody pretty much knew, like if everyone was having miscarriages all over the world, like,
1: see, and that's the the apocalypse, but we definitely like freaked the fuck out after like a month of no babies being born. Uh,
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting that in this society like you know we're also obsessed or maybe not obsessed but like you know life expectancy is something that we really really uh, pay attention to uh you know it's a global health indicator but here it's like everyone's paying attention to like the youngest person on the planet because they're presumably the last person potentially I guess
3: right <laughs>
2: You know, that's the thing that struck me as weird, because it's like, it it kind of is like reminiscent to what's going on now, where it's like, clearly something's like fucked up in this world, and it's like, oh, society's like collapsing. But then like on the surface, everything is like, functioning as normal, but just a little bit shittier.
3: Yeah.
2: it's Like there's still like cafes, and there's still like taxis, and there's like TV, and people are still working and shopping. Yeah. And it's, like, regular, but there's also, like... Just it's, like, fucked road, up and like, weird, and...
4: Yeah. And, yeah, like, just down the road, there's, like, all these, like, people in cages and, like, all these weird uh, graffiti everywhere just saying, like, you know, like, immigrants matter, or, you know, just a lot of, like... I don't know, it's, like, very uh, today times, kind of.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's... <laughs> Because I saw this movie when it came out. Yeah. And I didn't like it because I was like 15. And I was like, this movie sucks and it's not like action-y enough. Or it's not like... Whoa. But then as I got like older... A... Well, the action in this movie is not like action-y. It's like fucking...
4: That's true. It's all like incidental to yeah. like the main story. So I can but see like
2: that. the older I got and the more I watched it, I was like, oh fuck, this is like how it's going to happen. Right? This is like how, <laughs> yeah. Like it's not it going to be some like weird Mad Max scenario. It's going to be like this where everything's just like shittier than it is now, but everyone's still
4: like,
3: "Ah, I got to go to work. <laughs>
4: got to go to Best Buy, <laughs> got to get an iPhone." It's Yeah, man. That th- like that was like one of the things that kind of took me, you know, you know, took me aback cuz like, you know, what have we had with our pandemic it's like on the other hand there was like all this like these uprisings and this it's crazy like how many like overlapping like real things it's essentially like capitalism accelerated to its like end point
0: basically
4: um i had to go uh just get some like last minute like
2: christmas stuff um And, like, turned around and just, like, went back. I was just, like, going to, like, you know, just a Target to just get some shit for, like, my brother and his girlfriend or something. And the parking lot was, like, packed all the, like, all the way back. And I was, like... Yeah. And as as we're recording this, we're, like, you know, in the shit still. Like, COVID's mutating. Like, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. And people are getting, like, poor. But then it's like, fuck, I guess it's Christmas. And I guess people are like, well, this is not going to stop me from Christmasing. And yeah, it's man. like, okay, like, we're in the middle of, like, a pandemic and a, uh, you know, economic collapse. And a president potentially declaring like, martial law. <laughs> it's just, like, all this crazy shit. And people are just like, yeah, I got to go to Target. I got to buy... I got to buy some stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's how it's going to happen. Like, we're not going to realize we're in the end times till it's like. We're like a
1: country that's, like, surviving through, like, coping mechanism. Our coping mechanism (laughs) is capitalism. It's capitalism. Yeah. If it wasn't for us just being like, fuck it, I want to, like, fuck it. I just want, like, a good Christmas. I'm going to go buy a bunch of shit I don't need. But, like, I, I, eh, you know, it's just our coping.
2: We've been like yeah, conditioned I mean, to be like this is how you deal with being sad or being like upset is you buy like a like a new TV or you buy an Apple Fire Stick or something.
4: Yeah. Uh to add to like how similar we are uh to this movie uh Congress is approving funding for the the wall.
2: Hell yeah, they gave more money to the
4: <laughs> wall than to us.
2: A billion dollars to the wall? Six hundred dollars to you. Fuck. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like basically go to Mexico money, but you got to do it before the wall goes up.
1: Um, oh, uh, During this movie, there was like the truck, like the first truck that showed like all the immigrants and like driving by the cages. Like, oh, it's ice.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> okay. Like, there are like straight up like just like like you those just, cages look like the cages
1: yeah. I've seen pictures of in real life.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: Caron
1: uh, probably
2: has like some kind of.
3: I don't know. It, it, I'm guessing he's like. He lives in America now? Right? The director? Or is he like.
4: Uh, I, I don't know. Because he makes I, mainstream
2: I, American movies, but I'm sure that's like an issue that he's kind of familiar with. He's like yeah. dealt with it in Roma and like class and kind of, you know.
4: Yeah. I mean, thinking about Roma, thinking about this uh, movie, uh, you can definitely see... You know, I, I don't know. He didn't write the thing right, but... He, but he wrote the screenplay, I think. That's true, yeah. Um, so there is that. I mean, I'm sure he was interested in the topic I wonder how
2: much of the immigrant stuff is in the book, too.
4: Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the only thing... Let's see if I can find it that I found um so I found something about the original novel. It says that in the original novel, democracy is suspended, and the country tight. is ruled over by a self appointed warden tight like <laughs> like Trump. like a jail like prison, <laughs> yeah, Trump is our <laughs> fucking prison warden <laughs> oh, um, so that's
2: different. they don't.
4: Yeah. So this is. So I was gonna say this. What that wasn't specifically identified in the film and uh, yeah, because the there's clearly like
2: class things in this movie, which we'll get into a little bit farther in the synopsis. But there's not like a fucking overlord.
4: Yeah. No. The, you never see like who the you know person in charge is ever. It, um, yeah. This
2: is more grounded than it, it sounds yeah, like the book was, where there's like a fucking weird
4: Darcidius. <laughs> really, the children of that <laughs> Yeah. Like uh, the only sense of it that you get is, you know, like, can you mention like buses or trucks full of immigrants being deported, massive refugee camps, the cages.
2: Right. But that's uh, happening now. And democracy. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Honestly, my, one of my first thoughts watching this movie, it's like the third time I've seen it was, Oh, this is, this seems like kind of a, obviously it's about, a pandemic or whatnot, but it seems like also kind of like a warning about eco fascism. Like it yeah, very absolutely. much seems like a climate, uh, like a migrant crisis. Yeah. In a couple of decades for that, but yeah.
4: Like the US has been that. You know, uh, there have been climate refugees at the border, yeah. and everyone was just like, oh my God, the fucking caravans. And it's like, we're going to have more of those. We've had like climate refugees within things. our
2: own country. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Like, yeah.
4: I don't know. <laughs> the world's gonna end, and it's gonna suck I think, shit. And
3: gonna...
4: I think going back to this movie every now and then until you know the world ends um, is a good in- arbiter, like, or you know, just lets you know like where you're at, basically. Like, we're not here yet. Um, but I don't know, like in a couple the movie, of years.
2: yeah. And I miss yeah. George Bush. things were better when bush was president (laughs) you got you can see this movie in rocky balboa in the movie theater on the same day (laughs) when george bush was on president and what can you see now in theaters on christmas day nothing because they're closed (laughs) bring bush back third term (laughs) oh man Uh, yeah so let's go back to the synopsis um Yeah, so you find out Baby Diego dies, or has just died. Everyone's kind of weeping. He goes to his work, and he essentially works at, like, CPS, right?
4: Yeah, like... English CPS?
2: It's called, like, Ye old Electric
4: Company or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Ministry of Energy. The pastor of power. (laughs) It's cool. It makes them sound like they're, like, warlocks. Sounds
2: like a metal bed. Yeah, the minister of minister of powers. That like like a weird like Black Sabbathy, and everyone's at their desk just kind of like crying about yeah. Baby Diego dying,
4: stricken with grief. Yeah, that the youngest <laughs> boy is dead,
2: and he, he he goes to his boss and he's like, "I'm too sad about this fucking kid. Can I work from home?" And his boss is just kind of like, "Yeah, whatever." And then does Michael Caine like pick him up?
4: Um. I don't remember, but he, somehow he ends up in the woods with Michael Caine.
2: That's the thing, too, that that was funny about this movie, is, like, the cars are futuristic, but they're also, like, shitty station wagons. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, all the cars I mean, have, like, iPads and shit in them, but they're also, like, these, like, weird, shitty, like, 80s station wagons.
4: Yeah. And they don't seem very fast, either.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Michael Caine has to, like, get out of his car and clear the, like, these, like, big bushes. To get to his house, which is my dream house,
3: yeah, just like a log cabin.
0: Yeah, he's just growing
2: weed. It's like a log cabin with like books and weed. He's listening to
0: Radiohead and Death Grips.
4: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they go from like listening to Radiohead to Death Grips. Like kind of
2: well Death Grips. Um, the Death Grips exist, and I don't know.
4: In 2027? Yeah.
2: I mean, in 2006. They didn't film the movie in 2027. And it didn't come back.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, Death Groups was a thing yet.
2: Uh, yeah, but, but they just kind of talk... Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
4: No, no, no. Go on. And I was going to say Michael Caine invents
2: Death Groups. He does. Yeah, it's like that reverse version of that Beatles movie, Yesterday, which sucks shit. <laughs> Speaking of the Beatles, he based this performance on John Lennon.
3: Yeah. Which
2: I don't know. Besides him looking like John Lennon, I'm like John Lennon wasn't like that.
1: John yeah. Lennon. John, John Lennon, had, Lennon was like notoriously obsessed with like fart jokes stuff. It was like yeah, constantly. Like, but John oh, Lennon I think that also would be rise. living.
2: <laughs> John Lennon would also be living in like a high rise away like, from the poor people because he was like, not great. <laughs> this
4: this John Lennon also seemed really good to his wife.
2: Yeah, that's a yeah. kind of that's kind of a thing John Lennon is famous for. <laughs> then being allergic to bullets.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs>
0: um,
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, it, like in that scene, they you kind of you know get filled in more as to what's going on. Like there's clippings of. Different headlines that say, "Oh, no one can have babies, and immigrants are no longer free to be here."
2: Uh, Borat just...
4: number one at the box
3: office.
2: <laughs> that
3: too.
2: <laughs> That's one of them they just framed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, and they have like pictures of them when they were younger, him and his wife, who's now like a vegetable. They, they never did. They say what their fuck a deal is.
4: Yeah, not really. Just it, pretty much, yeah, that she, she's kind of...
2: Zonked out?
4: Yeah. Like, he's, like, feeding her in a scene.
2: But he has, like, a like, picture like, of him, like, holding up, like, uh, some award in 2010. And they have, like, bumper stickers on their wall from, like, anti-Afghanistan-Iraq like Afghanistan, Iraq war protest. Um, And it kind of... He kind of alludes to Clive Owen... Also being like kind of an activist, Glavo right. like, I work for the I work the CPS now. <laughs> He's like, all right. They smoke yeah. weed and they talk more. And this is when you first hear about what's well, the group, um, the Fish. Yeah, but they're right. called something else when he says it, like something about life. Oh, the
4: Human Project.
2: Yeah, no, and he like it's a
4: lot of bullocks. <laughs> fucking whatever. Oh uh, yeah, so that comes up, and I I guess do we ever like know what the human project is it's just like a sanctuary right but they don't say what
1: i think he says it's like a group of scientists in a sanctuary or something trying to figure out why people are infertile or trying to cure it right but there's not a lot of information there
2: that's what i like about this movie where it just kind of throws you in this world and it's like you get the gist of it and you put your own shit together right um but yeah, then he he leaves, um, hanging out with uh, John Led and Alfred from Batman's house. And he goes back to shithole London. Yeah, and he gets grabbed by these like dudes in ski masks. They put him in a truck, and they take him to like a remote location. Uh, they take the bag off his head, and it's uh, the guy from Sons of Anarchy.
4: He's <laughs> uh, like you're going to you're going to die for Sam Crow or whatever
2: the guy's name I can't say from 12 years of slave
4: yeah and they're I
2: feel weird referencing being like you know the black guy from 12 years of slave but it's like that's like his most famous thing i don't know what to tell you <laughs> have a the I mean... name like chuck jones or something please <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce the guy's name, but every I like I had it on IMDB, I have it pulled up how to say his name, but every time I look at it, I'm like, I'm gonna take it's gonna take me a long time to say this. I don't know. So let's just call him Doctor Strange's friend. He's Doctor Strange from now on. So Doctor Strange's friend is there, uh Julianne Moore Moore's there. Yeah. And they take the bag off. She's like, remember me for boogie night. He's like, never seen it. <laughs> he's like, What? You've never seen Boogie Nights? And then they just watch Boogie Nights. That's the whole movie, it's, it's like a mystery It's like Mystery Science Theater where you just see like their outlines of their heads and they're just like watching boogie nights <laughs> for the next two and a half hours. And it's weird. What if what if that's a director's cut? Like the criterion gut? <laughs> it's, it's just them watching a movie in the middle of it.
4: That's what that's what would have won Best Picture, I guess.
2: It's just if they played another movie, <laughs> another movie. <laughs> Boogie yeah, no, Nights but...
3: also won no Oscars. So I don't think the Oscars are bad. So to think, like the Oscars don't really like you know dictate what good art is.
4: Uh, I don't know. That's that's kind of a hot take. I I only listen to them.
2: Yeah. that's so why your favorite movie is Green Book. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Aragon
2: playing a gumbo cool guy, and he's like, hey, fucking black people over here. Best picture. I'm the fucking Lord of the Rings guy. That's what you like, <laughs> dumb motherfucker. All right. <laughs> <Back to that. laughs> We're going to watch Green Book on this podcast at some point. Um, we should. We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so they take the bag off of, uh, Clive Owen's head. And then you kind of get, like, more backstory into, um, she's like his ex-wife, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Or his ex-girl. They're like, I don't know, they were a couple. Yeah. And, um, she's involved with kind of like a... (sighs) Not so a terrorist group,
3: like a political activist group, like an activist group, yeah. Um, who
4: specifically advocate for uh immigrants,
2: yeah. And Clive Owens kind of like, Oh, are you the reason that cafe exploded the cafe, at the beginning? Yeah. And they're like, Yeah, we don't play with bombs anymore. We learned that that's not going to affect, so essentially, they were like a weather underground type group, right and yeah and she's like no we need you to get um that, transit like, papers transit papers
4: for someone in Fuji <laughs>
2: is that her name in the movie? Fuji?
4: no uh no like someone i think was from uh somewhere
2: That's
4: maybe what i they wrote that
1: down a fuji i don't know oh like refugee oh like the fujis
0: yeah no like, when you crazy.
2: said... Like, when Kenny was like, that's what they called her, a, a Fuji, and I was like, oh.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, they need, tra- they need transit papers to get her in. Like an
0: hour that's why I was bus-
2: confused. <laughs> I was like, I've seen this movie so many fucking times. Like, I've seen this movie, like, ten times, and I was like, I've never... How do you when do they call this person when they like, go? <laughs> I was very confused that then when Kenny said it, I was like, Oh, this is what these dude you know, who's on first over here with fucking <laughs> all right. So, yeah, they say we need you Maybe? to get refugee papers for the Fugees so they can go on tour. <laughs>
4: um, he said yeah, you can't we, do it but his cousin can. Yeah, cuz
2: his cousin can... like no cuz she's like your cousin can do this and he's like yeah, I don't know if I can do it. He's like afraid this guy, this oh, guy's right. going to like snitch on him. It's a,
3: yeah, it's a big ask.
2: Yeah, and his cousin's like an asshole. And then, yeah. you know, they put him back in the car and um Dr. Strange's friend is kind of like, "Hey, she doesn't trust a lot of people. Kind of here's where you need to be if you change your mind." then Sons of Anarchy guy is <laughs> like I'll kill you if you tell anyone And then he goes like your breast stinks and he goes, It does not <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> that was like a pretty funny, like weird little gag. Also, so yeah, so to <laughs> give him like a piece of paper with just kind of an address on it, in case he changes his mind. Right. And
4: uh And he does.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's like a horse No, it's like a dog racing like track, right? Or is he just there?
1: No, he goes to a bar and meets one of them first. Okay. And then they give him the... Then he goes to the dog
2: track. He almost misses the
3: bus because he's trying to collect on his bet.
1: Yeah. Imagine if he missed the bus, though. That would have been a good movie, though, (laughs) too. He's just like... (laughs) "It's like, I was going to be a part of something crazy, but I guess... Oh, well. <laughs> it would have been, like, a Safety
2: brother. it's like, Uncut Gems fucking thing, where he's, like, trying to find this weird person in London.
3: <laughs> yeah, so he uh, gets on the bus, and um, Julian Moore kind of
2: explains more of what's going on to him, right? And it's kind of like, we need you... You're...
3: No, he meets with uh, the dude at the bar. Uh, so he, yeah, the dude he meets at the bar is the... Uh, What's his face? Doctor Strange's friend. Because they have that talk, and he's like, I'm the only one who can take this girl across the border. Right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. happens after the yeah. dog track.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, and that
1: happens after he meets his, like, cousin or brother. In right. the. And
4: the, so they he meets him at his job, and his cousin, like, works at a, like, art preservation, like, a museum. And there's like, but there's a weird
2: part where they go from like the city where like all the poor people live at, in London, and they like cross over into like the bridge. They gr- they cross through like, I don't even know, it's like, I think it's a historic like kind of gate, right? Into like the rich part of town. And it. It's like sunny. Oh, yeah. And there's like, <laughs> it's like a pink floor. I, I think a lot of it is like, they're just like, let's make this. There's like people watching like zebras in the park and like band marching bands and shit. It's like really weird.
3: Yeah.
4: But yeah, his cousin specifically like is at a museum. Yeah, with the he's like an
2: artist with like the Pink Floyd. Yeah,
4: Pink Floyd pig. He has Guernica hanging on his fucking wall.
2: Yeah, he Uh, lives in the
4: Pink Floyd album cover. Which is weird uh, that those uh, art pieces are referenced just because of, like, what the movie overall is and what, like, Guernica, like, Picasso's Guernica. Like, it's, like, one of the biggest, like, anti-war, like, paintings, like, historically.
2: It's in, like, Pink Floyd kind of, like, anti-communist. They have, like, a lot of, like, not anti-communist, anti-capitalist.
4: Yeah, and, well, I think the pig like the animals is like based on animal farm yeah the book the book yeah george orwell (laughs) never heard of (laughs) which i don't know that that's kind of interesting just considering that you know it is a dystopian thing and like that's all dystopian art as well
1: (laughs) it's kind of like how uh those Trump supporters are like raging out to rage the machine in their little animal pen. Um, yeah,
4: yeah. It is like if you let those people like just interpret preserve, art. Like, yeah yeah yeah.
2: Well, I think I sent. I don't know if I showed Kenny this, but I think I've showed you it. There's this like website called uh, Conservapedia,
3: which oh is, I know
1: I know of this website
3: yeah where it's just like. Uh, Parasite. Here's why it's conservative. It's like, because the poor people weren't grateful. And they just <laughs> have like these weird, like, paul
2: art. Why is it conservative? Because it's pro cop. It's like, all right. They have them for like every movie. Like, if you let these, like, if you let these, like, dullards interpret art, they're going to interpret it wrong every time. Yeah. <laughs> I got into a fight with a guy in front of an open mic. Because, like, he was saying, like, at the end of do the right thing. Uh, that Radio Rahim's like the villain, and I was like, he's not. It's clearly like the cops. The the cops murdered him. He's like, well, that's how I interpreted it. And I was like, well, you're stupid. You don't get to like. No, you don't get to use that argument. I interpreted this way. It's like you interpreted it wrong because Spike Lee is Spike <laughs> you know, Lee. Spike Lee movie as a pro cop.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what?
2: an anti-black people. Yeah, Spike Lee made an anti-black people
3: pro cop movie. Everyone but you gets wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he gets the papers. So he skipped yeah. around a bit. So yeah, he gets the papers and then... Uh, then he the decides dog track, to blah, blah, take blah. them up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he decides and then, to take them up on getting the refugee. Yeah. And then... Yeah, then they I pick the girl up. Uh, they meet this girl for the first time. Um, it's like her and like a handler.
2: Who we later? She's like his mid, her midwife, right? Kind of is that a midwife? is? I don't know what the fuck things are.
4: Yeah, uh, so yeah, <laughs> his yeah nurse, she, her nurse, kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah,
4: and and she uh, was a midwife before, like everything changed before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, except if COVID was like. Massive amounts of uh, miscarriages.
1: It's crazy how this Just give it movie, a few months. I remember that line in the movie where Clive Owens like, Boy, it sure is crazy how the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> no, it was yeah. weird. It was,
2: and what's <laughs> weird is under his breath, he mutters like, Fucking Wuhan, fucking China virus. And it was like, Wuhan, <laughs> 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 it was like Whoa, what the fuck? And he was like, Nothing. Mega twenty twenty. They're like, what? <laughs> He's like, Trump won. <laughs> it's weird they predicted all that. He's like, he fucking checked a fucking ballot box. Stolen ballot. Stolen ballots. And they're like, <laughs> it's weird how he
1: kept breaking character, but they didn't cut.
2: They just left all that in there. It's just so weird how this. He was he was upset about this like fourteen yeah. years
3: before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so
2: they get in the car and they're driving to, they don't really say, right? It's, like, the next location.
3: They're basically, well, so
4: I, I think we, does Julianne, when does Julianne Moore uh No, we're, we're
3: getting there, yeah. Okay,
0: yeah.
2: Well, they have, like, a scene where it's just Clive Ode and Julianne Moore, and this is kind of where you learn they had a baby together and it died and whatever the fuck happened some flu
0: in
4: 2008 yeah. there's a bad flu and so they had a
2: baby and it died and then you know he kind of got an office job and she kept yeah he went against from, the machine
4: yeah he went from being a, an activist to becoming a bureaucrat
2: oh yeah well I'm going to call him a bureaucrat he works for the cable company
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's like it's like a national it, it it felt like it was like the place I think
2: that's just how english people are though oh yeah maybe i think english people just like make everything fancy
3: i mean so they call it tv the telly (laughs) that seems less fancy
2: (laughs) (laughs) we call it the boob tube it's an American song. They go, let's watch. Let's watch. Let's watch Tim Allen's Last Man Standing on the boob tube, and they're like, "Let's let's watch Faulty Towers on the telly." It's
3: fancy. <laughs> to watch Doctor Who on the telly, and then they turn on. You can't argue with this.
2: You can't. <laughs> Remember that robot in Doctor Who? That's like "Happy Birthday, Polly." Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're in this car. He meets this girl who's kind of like a super shitty to him. Um, and then there's kind of there's like some sweet moments with Clive Owen and Julianne Moore. Yeah, where dude. they're like talking about their past and they're in that weird fucking thing with the ping pong ball.
4: Yeah, they're just shooting ping pong balls at each other,
2: and then they like, like, then they kind of like kiss, and then like a flaming car comes out of the woods.
4: Yeah, and, and then th- you find out they're being ambushed, basically.
2: Yeah. So, is that like an anti them group, or
3: is that just like a group of marauders?
4: I think it's that was a,
3: the that was the fish people.
1: Oh, okay. That was the rebellion group that they're part of. Their plan was to kill Julian. Oh, okay,
2: on. yeah, because they get to that later. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> but yeah, they get like
2: <laughs> they get like ambushed, and then the they're, they're trying to get out, and uh, like a motorcycle comes up and they shoot Julian really more like in the throat.
3: Yeah.
2: And this is, like, the first time a major character, like, in the movie dies. And, like, what kind of struck me about it is how kind of, like, not casually they do it, but, like, every character, when they die, there's there's not, like, a big moment for them. You know how, like, in other movies, there's, like, they get, like, one huge, like, last moment? Yeah. Um, like, people in this movie just, like, die, and then it's, like, that person's gone now. It happens, like, a lot in, like, the last act. <laughs> Definitely. But, like, the Julianne Moore thing, you get shot and you, like, can see her die, but there's not, like, a last, like, her being, like, take care of this girl. Yeah. She doesn't get, like, a big speech. She's just, like, fucking dead.
4: Yeah, I mean, it... it, I I thought it did a good job of, like, setting the tone for, like, the rest of the movie, basically. Because it's still pretty early in the movie, and Julianne Moore, like, just like was introduced into the movie when
2: you start to see the connection these two characters have and you're like okay this is going one way yeah and she just gets like brutally and murdered and then yeah and so they get away from the uh the fish people
1: oh go ahead oh sorry i was gonna say that's kind of ends up being like clive owen is like trying to like mourn for her but they're like hey you gotta yeah come on we gotta go and then I think that kind of sets a good tone for the rest of the movie cuz Clive Owen just like walks past like a bunch of atrocious shit like happening all the time. Right.
2: Yeah, and so they like get away from the ambush and uh the cops come by to like I guess break up like what they heard the noise or something. I don't know if it was a coincidence but the uh, some cops come by on the road and
3: they're like fuck do you think they saw us and the cops come back and then uh The uh, Dr. Strange's friend gets out of the car and he like <laughs> kills the cops. I'm gonna look that guy's name because I feel weird
2: fucking calling him Dr. Strange's friend. But the cops, like, yeah. he just gets out of the car and he just fucking like murders like three cops. Yeah, and and that goes back to like the thing where again, that this whole segment kind of like sets that tone because you see Julianne Moore get
3: murdered. You see, um, these cops get murdered and it's not like
2: Clive Owen's kind of like, what the fuck you do that for? But there's not like a big, like we had to do it. You know what I mean? Like in any movie, they like, that's when they'd explain the whole fucking movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. But at this, at this point, point in everyone... this movie, it's just kind of like death is what it is. Like. Yeah.
2: And then they're like, just keep fucking moving. Just keep going. Okay, his name is Chuatel. What's his name? Chuatel. Remember that, Kenny. I'm trusting you. <laughs> and, that... Uh, yeah, so they kill the cops and they go back to, like, the
3: safe house, right? Yeah. And that's when he officially meets Key. That was
4: her name, right? Key?
3: Yeah. I thought you said fee. Like I thought you were
2: still thinking. Her sister's name was no. like refugi or something.
4: No, no, uh, key. Because she was the key to
3: yeah,
4: human fertility. I guess yeah. Because right?
3: at this point, they're just kind
2: of all like in the car and just
4: <laughs> right. Oh, I I was thinking of like whatever the compound they end up at. Yeah, for... that's what I'm saying. Yeah. they their
2: official like meeting. Because yeah, it's like yeah, they yeah. get – he gets like right off the bus and they get in this car and they have that weird moment with the the ball and then everything goes to shit. So at the compound, this is them being like, oh, by the way, my name's Theo.
3: My name's – right? Yeah. Yeah. And then – Yeah, and then – No, they're
1: – Go ahead. That's when they're having that like big meeting and they're like, what do we – where do we go from here? What should we do? And Clyde Bowen's like, "Oh, we should just tell everybody." everybody.
4: <laughs> <laughs> she's got a, she's gonna have a baby. We should let everyone know.
1: Oh, he doesn't know that yet.
2: Clyde Bowen is still like, "What the fuck's happening?" And oh, then,
1: oh, he knows at that point in the meeting.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, because she calls him into the bard and does that weird thing where she's like, "They cut cow's tits off," and he's like, "What do you <laughs> What do you want we'll to talk about tits and milk? <laughs> this is some weird thing." And then she just, like, shows her pregnant stomach to him. And then he, like, overhears out the window, uh, Chiwetel talking to Sons of Anarchy and, uh, like, a few other people. And he, and he figures out the plan was to kill Julianne Moore. Uh, so they can, like, what, what's their plan, like, to keep the baby?
1: I think their plan is to basically so their their cause is about the rights of immigrants. So I think their plan is to kind of use this baby as a rallying cry to be like, this refugee has a baby. You're refugees, like we need to rise up and. Yeah. I think that's their plan. And Julianne Moore's plan was to give the baby over to like those scientists. Also, do you think the
2: Last of Us stole uh the like a lot from this movie? You think like the people who made Last of Us were like, let's make a video game of this? Because it seemed like The Last of Us were the zombies.
4: I haven't played that, so.
2: I know, Could game. be, yeah. Right? It's kind of Last of Us. Oh, but yeah, so he overhears this plan.
3: And then him and the, uh, him and the girl run off in the middle of the night. Or they do the next morning. Yeah. Yeah, they basically just escape and escape to they, uh, John Lennon's house.
4: Yeah. And, and they're basically trying to figure out how they're gonna get key to uh, the Human Project.
3: Yeah. Like
4: they're pretty much trying to devise that whole plan, and uh, Michael kane. Tells him to meet up with the some... guy who buys weed from,
2: right? Doesn't
4: he? Yeah. <laughs> some like, yeah, some like, like some weird ice, ice agent people. that he like buys yeah, weed some from. Ice agent, <laughs> some ice agent that buys weed from him. He's like, hey, he's gonna let you like in to the refugee camp. Um, just tell him you have a... to no. Call him a bloody fascist. Maybe a fascist pig or
2: something. Or yeah, a fascist pig. <laughs> and then uh, and the alarm gets triggered
3: right this isn't right yeah.
4: the alarm gets While triggered there, they figure out that a bunch of people are showing up uh basically looking for them and so michael Caine's like all right you got to drive through here to get out of here and i'll distract them by getting shot in the face <laughs> oh.
2: and he, he goes pull my finger
4: <laughs> yeah and then he shoots his finger, you know, and then he shoots his Wait, in
2: the face. does he like kill his wife first? Because he pulls oh, out yeah. like a vial of something, and they listen to like "Ruby Tuesday" together. And
0: oh, which yeah. again,
2: I thought so like was like cover- a very good. The soundtrack of this movie was really good. Like yeah. they play like King Crimson at some point.
3: I'm like they yeah. picked
2: like good
1: fucking music for this movie. Mm-hmm. That's one of the conversations they have earlier, too, where Michael Kane's like, they send us these kits to, like, kill ourselves. The so human like
3: project? we yeah. still illegal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck, 14th. I missed out on that. Yeah. Oh, because... Okay, yeah. I didn't put that together.
2: I thought he was talking yeah. about, like... Okay. I thought that was just, like, an offhanded comment about, like, you know, just, like, Medicaid. I didn't know it was, like, suicide kits. I thought they were... Like, he was talking about, like, antidepressants or...
3: You I
1: gotta, actually think like you know, Michael Caine's character was like part of like a rich, like arist, not aristocracy, but like more like well-to-do guy because he was like allowed to like keep living in his house and like gets this kit for Lennon. He he
4: seemed
1: like John guy. Lennon, but also
4: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's like, the weed guy. You have to have one weed guy. Even he, in...
2: he seems like like some weird like Bob Della john lennon but also like noam chomsky guy <laughs> like if noam chomsky was cool instead of like a guy who like yelled at virgil <laughs> no but you know what i mean i think that's probably how that character was probably like a noam chomsky a um yeah. cornell west type who was like an activist but also like yeah know, like a
4: be. famous one <laughs> Also there he's like retired from that pretty much because it's like what's there left to fight for, basically. Right. He's kind of like
2: But like I yeah, I think he was like probably some type of public intellectual. Right. Is what I would
4: you know. Yeah, but like in this shitty world, weed is still somehow illegal. <laughs> but yeah, in the in your ration kits they give you cyanide or something, to kill right? yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he basically, yeah, yeah, I guess he does kill his wife. I can't believe Nancy
2: Pelosi did it, um, get us that. It's like he gets $600 and he gets like a vial of cyanide.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the third stimulus check is going to be like It's going to be a gun with one bullet in
2: it. Everyone gets $25 at a fucking handgun with a single bullet in it.
1: Go buy yourself a fucking double-decker cheeseburger from Hardee's and, sh- and then, blow and your then brain fucking shoot sp- yourself in the head.
0: <laughs> it's, look, it's
2: cheaper to send every American a gun than to give them health care.
3: <laughs> Bernie can't save you. We gave him the fake vaccine. He's a ninja turtle now. <laughs> yeah,
2: so the alarm goes off and... Um, he tells him to go they leave
4: and then he gets killed
3: yeah and that's another scene too where it's like it doesn't focus on like the death you're
2: watching it from like clive owen's point of view yeah um, who's like up in the distance away from it yeah wait i don't know i i thought it was good yeah, it made me- the deaths like more impactful i felt
4: i don't know like it was weird though, because Clive Owen like stayed to just watch. Um, yeah, it's like he could have left.
1: Yeah, I get it. I would stay and watch. I, and yeah, I'm, not like...
4: saying, I'm not. I'm not like saying it was uh, weird or like the good or the wrong thing to do. Um, just I like that the Kenny's
2: like, like I want to watch. If either you got murdered <laughs> by Watell Ledger 4, I would have fucking watched. <laughs> good to know. Thanks, bud.
1: I would have
2: stuck around for way too long. They would have caught me. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Ah, oh, you guys. Are... You would have, like, honked the whore in the car. <laughs> 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 no, but I feel like it makes it, like, more, like, affecting. To, like, watch it from afar. Instead of, have, like, a close-up scene. Of, like, Michael Caine, yeah. like, crying or being stoic or something. You get to see it from, like, far away. And you don't really get, like, the full sense of, like, what's going on and, like, what's being said.
4: Yeah, you do just hear Michael Caine say some like dumb like pull my pull finger. My finger yeah, it was like joke. a fart joke before he gets murdered. Yeah, but you don't
3: like hear what really. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: And there's like the yeah. ominous sense where the like Sons of Anarchy
2: guy goes in the house and comes out, and he's like the wife's in there. You don't know if she's dead yet or. Yeah, he's. So you don't know what's gonna happen with that. <laughs> it's kind of yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and then uh them,
4: Theo and Keith they leave. And
2: that the mid-life. midwife's like going like it's God's plan. He's like, Don't touch me. She's also like a weird, like religious person, right? Like a nun or something. Or is that just like a weird thing in the movie where she's like, Oh, it's sorry about God.
4: Um, yeah, I don't know. Like she's a midwife and sometimes those people maybe are religious. I'm not sure though. I'm not very familiar with like that. Just sort of dreadlocks. So, yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't know, man. She's just like. Yeah, but then, yeah, so then they're
2: driving and they,
3: uh.
4: They drive they away. And they're,
3: yeah, they go to school. Which. I thought it was a pretty cool scene where they're just like in this
2: abandoned. And that, Kenny, that directly, I think, Last of Us stole. Because isn't there like segments like in schools?
3: Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah.
2: So. That video game stole from this movie.
4: <laughs> yeah, and and then that's cool. You get a sense of, like, just how run down the whole world is. It's just, like, dilapidated. There's a fucking deer just okay. running running along and shit.
2: That made me um, laugh just because you could tell that was a real deer. It wasn't, like, a CG deer. So <laughs> just, like, laughing at, like, the director, like, holding this deer and then just going, go, like, shoving it out. <laughs> <laughs> No, but then this is when you kind of get, like, more of, like, what happened with the,
3: uh... Yeah. Sudden...
4: What would you like,
3: call it? Um, mass, like...
4: It's not, not like... infanticide is, like, when you actually kill yeah. a baby. Like, it... So like, it's mass not...
2: miscarriages or something. Yeah. Because she cause... talks about that, where she's, like... Yeah. Like, just kind of, like... Yeah.
4: That she was, like, taking care of, or she was supposed to be, like, delivering, like, five babies or something, and they all died.
2: And then she was, like, like, it's a coincidence, and then it happened
3: again and again and again.
4: Yeah. And that's when they figured out, oh, like, we can't reproduce anymore. Until Key came along.
3: Yeah. And then the...
2: (laughs) So was, It that like you said... I know you are saying Key, but it's sounded like you said Q. That'd be great if they're like... And then Q came along, <laughs> and this is like a QAnon movie. It's Q. Q and is Q,
3: with
2: child. Q came along. And then, uh... And then the dude shows up. The, uh... The fascist pig. Yeah, the
3: fascist pig guy. Uh, John Lennon's friend. And, uh... Yeah, so he calls him a fascist pig. It
2: seems like he's gonna get like fucked up and the guy's like this super friendly, outgoing dude. Yeah. I don't know who played that dude, but he looked like the dude who blinked Bilbo Baggins in the Hobbit movies. I don't think it was him. <laughs> but he kinda looked like Bilbo. And he's just like kind he's just like being a doofus and like just talking the whole ride.
4: Like yeah, nonstop. He and looks then, like a he looks like a proud boy. Like, yeah, like an English he's proud like, boy. Geared up. Yeah. yeah.
2: Or an ice agent, <laughs> yeah, is. pretty much, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Key is kind of starting to go into labor, right?
4: Yeah, she starts having contractions, and, and he's like,
2: What's wrong with her? She's not gonna vomit in my truck,
4: <laughs> yeah. And they eventually, he eventually gets them into the refugee camp, and he just like kind of starts, you know, playing the part and you know, like, pointing his like weapons at them and just like, hey, you gotta go this way, that
1: way, or whatever.
2: And that's when you kind of, like, kind of get the sense of how fucked up everything is. Yeah,
1: yeah because that's, there's... That's when the midwife woman, like, gets separated from them, right? Yeah, because like, they're going on, like,
2: they just go on the bus and they're just like, pulling people off. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, like, having contractions. And so they're like, what the fuck's wrong with this one? And then the midwife gets up and kind of starts doing, like, a weird prayer thing at him yeah they' like gun but, they're like gummba they gum they fucking hit her with the butt of the gun yeah, um, and then Clive Owen is like her water broke, and Clive Owen is like, Oh, pee, she peed,
1: and the guy's just like fucking gross yeah what? no he goes <laughs> yeah, that's the weird part in that movie because Clive Owen's like, there's pee, I think he's like obviously trying to tell her tell that guy, but he's, he's doing like, goes, it, like in a weird spell it. Smell that yeah, yeah, he's like, smell it. It. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it works though, and then they take, uh, yeah, the midwife away, and you're kind of like, oh fuck, she's gonna die because they're like brown bagging, like black bagging people, and
3: yeah, and, like, and there's, people
2: like people up, up against the wall, yeah. Too. Which was there any like reason for them to do that besides cruelty, or did they also say there was like a plague or something? Why are they like, just murdering people?
4: I mean, they just have a general policy that they're going to deport, like, all immigrants and shit. And Yeah. And, you know, like, if you end up there, like, how are you going to prove that you're not an immigrant? Like, it's...
1: Well, then and I, think... I figure also, like, at this point, are they really, like, spending the time to deport people? and back? They're just killing them.
2: Right. And once you're in the camp, there's nothing you can do to kind of get yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they take the bus to, like, the main camp. Which, this is when you kind of learn, like, kind of more of, like... Oh, like, the rest of the cities are just, like, refugee camps. Because, like, this refugee camp is literally just, like, a city. Like, a bombed-out fucking city. Yeah. And there's, like, people in there with holding up pictures, like, looking for loved ones and shit.
4: Oh, yeah, there was like, so many pictures on the walls and stuff with people. There's people like keeping themselves warm with like burning
3: bodies and shit. Yeah. And then uh yeah. Amador, what happens from there? I'll let you take it. I feel like I've been
4: talking too much. Oh, no, I mean so yeah, they're like in an absolute shithole, uh hell hole. Like you said, people are on fire. Uh they end up going uh to this particular house and there's like this uh I don't know uh, she like kind of like a gypsy woman or yeah. Romanian, I don't know.
1: Yeah, cuz doesn't Clive Owen, he like finds her and like knows her name somehow. And yeah, it's the well, dog lady.
4: Yeah, it was the it was part of the plan. Like all of this is like
3: okay.
1: the
4: handiwork of Michael Caine. Somehow they have made it to the lady that he mentioned casually in his plan. Um, so they end up at her house, basically, and she leaves she gives them a room uh and he uh has her baby um oh, yeah. and there's obviously a lot of i don't know i and I don't know if it was like obvious to you guys, but there's like a lot of you know like a, kind of like alluding to you know kind of like Jesus or you know like yeah. 'cause this is like the first baby that's been born in a long time.
2: Real quick for people in the audience explain who uh Jesus is. <laughs> <laughs> is and also is he the reason for the
0: season?
4: uh he is that's why this movie came out on <laughs> Christmas day <laughs> um dear Lord for at
2: Christ, <laughs> <laughs> my life began on Christmas day, <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know. They don't say that in the movie, right? But it's kind of like on the nose that like a lot of people that critique the U.S. government, like as far as like ice and stuff like that. And, you know, kids in cages, uh, they're like, you know, if Jesus was born again, he would probably be a refugee in an ice camp or something. Yeah. To like kind of evoke, I guess, a certain emotion in people to care. Um and that's kind of like But that's wrong though. According to
2: Bradley Whitford, Jesus would have been a radical (laughs) lib.
0: Yeah.
1: She would have been like (laughs) Jeff Stone, the (laughs) most (laughs) left. Um
4: (laughs) Yeah, so she has her baby and obviously that's a pretty big fucking deal because that hasn't happened in eighteen years. And Um, she's trying to hide the baby because, you know, she's in an absolute chaos world and nothing, uh, it's definitely not a a good environment for the kid. Um, there's just people shooting each other and shit. Well,
2: well, uh, so before that, it's like, yeah, she just has the baby and it's like weird little, like... Yes, they are it it is literally just like a downtown of like some city. They're like in a bank yeah. and it's like been turned into like tenement buildings. Right. And they and have the baby and the um fascist pink guy is, comes back. And yeah. the Italian lady or Romanian lady is um, essentially like don't trust him. and it turns out this guy's a
0: piece of shit.
4: <laughs> yeah. And he pretty much reveals like, hey, like I thought it was suspicious that, you know, y'all were trying to break into a, like a refugee camp. Like who does that? And then, and then he's also,
2: and then he's also like, I saw you were
3: wanted for the cop thing.
4: Right. Yeah. And so he's going to take them, uh, you know, and, but they end up, uh, you know, fighting back and they basically have to kill him. Yeah. They kill the
2: guy in the most gnarly way. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Where he's yeah, just like driving out the door and they
2: up... bash him in the head with like a toaster or something. Yeah, he
4: yeah. just picks up a hunk of like aluminum or something and just like slams him in the head.
1: And that too is kind of like a little bit played like the same way, I think as impactful as Julianne Moore and their desk because that's like, I think that's the first person Clive Owens ever killed. And there's like a little bit of a moment where he's like, oh fuck, did I just. And he's like, oh, okay, I gotta keep going. Yeah, they like spray the cycle. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. Yeah. It just seems like more upset about it. He's like, Fuck <laughs> we, like, <straight laughs> Hey man,
4: you land on your ankle, it shit hurts.
2: And so like as the shit's going on, uh like the like the uprising of the refugees is also happening.
4: Yeah. You just see a bunch of them like, like with, walking
2: down the street
4: and Yeah. They're what are all, they like, chanting? chanting? Are they
2: chanting like
4: Well, I think they're uh, Muslim.
2: Right, because they it were saying like Allah yeah. Al- Al- Akbar, right?
4: Um, I don't remember what they were chanting, but yeah, it was something in their language and, yeah. Uh, and they were basically... They have basically, guns
3: somehow now?
4: Yeah, and basically fish is like helping them, you know, start... Do
2: it, uprising, because that's their whole thing. uprising, Yeah.
4: yeah. So but fish is also looking
2: for this baby because they, yeah, they obviously know because Michael Caine connection,
4: right? And they end up, uh, they do end up like taking Key he and her child from Clive and but then like, I guess the government of, London, of the UK shows up, and so then there's you know just like it a just becomes like, like the a military war. shows up yeah it becomes
0: a war zone and
2: that's when it's like that like shot that like 10 minute like tracking shot it's probably like my favorite scene in the movie in the past like 15 years i think it's, it's like incredible. so fucking great and, and it is one of those things where it's like and i think that's what i like when i was younger because like, this is like an action thing but watching it like because i watched it twice i watched it this morning and i watched it saturday night at both times, like, I had, like, a visceral reaction to, like, the violence in that. Like, it made me go, I don't fucking like watching this.
4: It's, yeah, it's pretty horrific. Have, you,
2: have you ever seen Battle of Algiers?
4: Uh, I have not. We should uh, definitely watch, watch that
3: yeah. for an
2: episode. But that's what it reminded me of. And I, I'd be curious if the director was, in, I'm pretty sure he was, but... It's very much like that, where it's just kind of, like... It was so, like, realistic, kind of. Yeah. And it was, like, it's, it's like, hard to watch, but it's so beautifully, like, shot.
4: Yeah. And that whole thing pretty much ends with... So, at some point, Clive loses Key, and then he, you know, is with the Romanian woman. He, like, separates from her... Ends up in like the, that building. Just getting like shot, you, yeah, yeah. Grabs her
2: <laughs> and then.
4: Yeah, sorry, before we
2: move on, that when they're in the building, that's kind of where. That's another example of how the deaths are very like not. Yeah, romanticized because that like the Sons of Anarchy guy, like the last time you see him, he's like not in a confrontation with anyone. He's just, like, taking fire from the house. And then you just, like, see the back of his head explode.
3: Yeah.
2: Like, Clive Owen just goes in the house to find the girl. And you see him, like, shooting out the window at, like, the military. And you're kind of like, oh, shit, he's going to see him. And then he just goes, bop, and he's just dead.
4: Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, now I can move on. Yeah. And then
2: he hears, like, the baby crying, right? Yeah. So he walks up the stairs and he finds Key and the baby. And the Chuatel has like a bazooka he's <laughs> like a grenade launcher, and he's like fighting the military, and he gives kind of a speech where he's like, "Don't take the baby essentially lays out his plan right he's like it's like our right to like they don't deserve yeah to like have this kind
4: of, essentially and when they end up leaving, I mean that's like the. Kind of the funniest part of well, the whole thing. Well,
2: and uh, Chiwatel dies in like another non dramatic way. He just gets like exploded. Yeah. Kenny. Fucking yeah. professional. Yeah, <laughs> your Legend of Zelda Wind Waker device going off. <laughs>
4: yeah, so there's, you know, the scene of, you know, he. And the baby. Right at this point, they can't hide all, the baby because it's crying. And walk. Yeah, and everyone just like stops to like basically just look in awe of you know a new life in the this world of shit. And like the soldiers and, like stop shooting. And yeah, they're just like, whoa, like what? <laughs> and as soon as they get out of the way, like everyone just starts shooting each other again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, was, yeah, I would that was thought, a... like, one of those military guys would have, like, grabbed them and be like, holy fuck, there's a baby? What the fuck? Yeah. It's weird that they just kind of let him walk away from...
2: That's why I think it was supposed to be, kind of funny.
4: Yeah. I, well, like, I mean, at that point, it's like, you know, all this... of that military is like, they're like, fuck, like, we're trying to get rid of, like, the uprising, so... so
3: well, and it's also, like, a thing, too, where, like... <laughs>
2: I don't know, as critical as you can be of the military, I don't, I think if the soldiers see something that's, like, in their interest, they're, I I mean, a a lot of soldiers are psychopaths, but then a lot of them will be like, oh, fuck, a baby, like, this affects us, too, (laughs) like,
4: you know what I mean? I mean, it's a big deal, like, there's been no babies in 18 years, so, like.
2: Yeah, and they're like, well, this could, like, change things for all of us. Yeah. But then, like, the second the baby's out of the way, the shooting starts back up <laughs> again. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and this is basically, like, towards the the end yeah. of the movie. But, you know, they escape, but Clive Owen, you know, took a hit. Yeah.
1: That dog right. lady comes back and gives yeah. him a boat. That lady is my favorite character in this movie because, like, she – can't understand her, and she like holds this dog, this small dog like a baby the the entire time. Like he's <laughs> just like dodging bullets. There's like this little fucking puppy. Yeah,
2: yeah. They're like a little robot. And hey, what's does she name the kid? Bazooka. Dylan. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had like three names. For it. She wanted the name of like Fergal or something.
1: First it was like Fraggle Rock, then it was Bazooka. <laughs> yeah. That's and
4: then still, yeah. she ends on the name of uh, Clive Owen's baby that died from the pandemic in 2008. Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I'm a baby
2: and... in 2008. Whoa. <laughs> Hope I don't die from that disease that's killing all the babies, man. <laughs> that's my impression of Clive Owen's son, Bob Dylan, in <laughs> 2008.
4: Yeah. And they basically, he basically just rows Key and Dylan to safety and he dies.
2: And then you see like And the, then
4: you see the tomorrow uh yeah. boat or whatever. And you presume that they they live.
2: Which I mean yeah, that boat's not going back to like London, right? So you have to
4: assume no. there's civilization outside of dumbass England, right? I mean, it It seems like everything is chaos, but, like, that boat specifically is, like, trying to...
2: Like a Noah's Ark, almost? I think that might be, like, a biblical thing,
4: yeah, too. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, biblical... Describe, I'm
2: describe the Bible, every part of it. Now, go. Uh,
4: <laughs>
2: chapter 5. What's Chapter 5 of the Bible about?
4: Uh, there's giants and... and oh, no well. shit.
2: It's Chapter 5 the one where they play uh, Quidditch? That's yeah. Quidditch. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh the director said that like he wanted to make a movie that ended at the beginning. <laughs> Which new, I do think is a pretty cool way to look at it. It's to be like, yeah. I guess we just kinda didn't like the origin story of like
3: humanity, hopefully. I don't know.
4: Yeah, it's kind of life after everything goes to shit. I mean...
1: It ended on more of a positive note than I expected it to,
4: that's for sure. <laughs> right, yeah, and I mean, you know, the boat, like, I think you can hear, like, children's laughter at the end. Um, yeah. No, it's just and... you laughing in your house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking funny. <laughs>
4: Yeah, but I I think we kind of mentioned earlier that this is a good uh benchmark for, you know, like what could potentially what could potentially happen.
1: It is, I don't know. It I'm sorry, go
4: ahead. No, I I I was just going to say that, you know, it is interesting because it is like technically, I guess, the end of the movie is like the beginning of, you know, some sort of life after, you know, the end of capitalism basically sure and it's just interesting because like uh i don't know it's an acceleration of what you know is going on if you know no one uprises sooner i guess
3: (laughs) which hmm. who knows what's gonna happen
4: with (laughs) us but (laughs) the jury's out but uh i don't know this movie we shouldn't want this movie to be reality.
2: I, I think it is that. funny that like people are like with like the sci-fi movies and stuff, people are like we're going to fly in cars and stuff and it's like, "No, nah, we're just like shitty Blade Runner and this. Or, like the weird like dystopian ones where like yeah. robots have where robots have emotions and they're all bad ones." <laughs> I like iPhone who get jealous and horny, and. <laughs> <laughs> or like this, or like the movie Her, where it's just like, yeah, just like a lonely guy who wants the fuckest phone. It's like, that's the kind of, like, sci fi we live in. <laughs> we don't live in, like, fucking Star Wars.
4: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, th- there is, like, a, a realism to it, I guess. More so than other sci fi movies, obviously.
2: And that's the thing, I think on this movie. I think on this podcast, we movies, we should definitely watch more sci-fi movies because I feel like they're inherently good. Sci-fi is, I think, inherently like left-leaning, like even if it's that. not trying to. Like Star Wars, is about like the Vietnam War, the original trilogy, and then like George Lucas said when he was writing like the Phantom Menace, not Phantom Menace, whatever, the Attack of the Clones, and those ones. He was like, "Oh yeah, I was watching like a lot of like." congress debating going to the iraq war that's why so much of those movies like have like senate hearings <laughs> in them because he was like yeah i was watching how like they just tricked us into
4: war wait was biden R. Biggs? hopefully
3: <laughs> misa, <laughs> yeah. misa misa that's spread corn pop
2: <laughs> misa the craziest white boy you know misa listen here jack no, Jar Jar Binks is Bernie Sanders.
1: <laughs> Misa gonna go poop. Oh,
2: I like that. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jar Jar's Bernie. <laughs> oh,
4: no, <laughs> Misa thinks we should get two thousand dollars instead of six hundred. They like lick, so,
2: they like lick something cold, and he gets his giant gungan tongue stuck to it. no but like I don't know a lot of the Philip K. Dick stuff he's like problematic but like a lot of his shit is like like Scanner Darkly is just about like government overreach and like the spy state and yeah all
4: these sci-fi films are like allegories for some sort
2: of Star Trek is about like a socialist utopia (laughs) Harlan Ellison like wrote Star Trek episodes
3: yeah I mean
4: This in this scenario, it's like if Bush and all that stuff, all that project was accelerated, I guess. Yeah.
1: Oh, good thing we got Trump, who's better? Watching (laughs) this movie, though, there definitely is like a segment of the population that that like does want this to be our reality. They're like, like, English people, this is what English people want. <laughs> I say, like like groups of proud boys and shit like those people like I don't think that they have like an actual vision for whatever ethno state like they just like get horny for violence like yeah. they, that's what they want to right like,
4: it's it's the, reactionary there's no yeah. like,
1: the appeal to the apocalypse idea. the appeal to like
2: quote unquote the apocalypse for them is just that they're not going to be held accountable for their bullshit yeah. yeah.
4: They get to live out their, like, like video game, like, wed dreams. And that's the thing, But the they don't think, like, about, like, like a
2: dystopia being like this or, like, a, fuck, what's that movie with the Green Book guy in it? The, like, that's based on the Core McCarthy book. The Road. Oh, yeah. Like, they don't think of, like, dystopia being like this or The Last of Us. They don't think of it being, like, this place where everyone's hardened and everyone's brutal. Yeah. And it's like, "Well, I have to kill you because I need to do it to survive." They think of it like in some like weird like Mad Max Fury Road shit where they're going to be huffing paint and <laughs> scream about Valhalla and like Yeah. They don't think I mean, of it as like it's, it's like it's not going to be fun. It's going to be bleak for everyone.
1: Like they think they're going to be the They don't see themselves as falling victim to anything. Yeah,
4: Yeah. and, like, they don't understand that, you know, if, you know, all the systems of oppression are up, like, full tilt and running, when shit hits the fan, like, the government will resort to those things that have been, like, you know, funded and, you know, haven't been gutted uh, as far as funds are concerned, you know, that, those are the institutions that they'll turn towards, you know, to do something about chaos.
2: And it's like the thing, like the good German thing almost. Maybe not as extreme. Right. But like a lot of these people, like the Proud Boys, are like, oh, the Mitch McConnells, like I've been loyal to them. They're going to let me, like, I don't know, work as like essentially their private, like Blackwater. And protect them. It's like no, they're not. They're gonna let you fucking die with the rest of them. Have yeah. you ever seen? Have you ever seen the movie uh, Land of the Dead? It's a Romero like zombie movie. We should definitely watch it for the podcast because what it is is like a zombie outbreak, and then like the super wealthy like live in this high rise, and mm. they have like patrols that like protect them. It's like that's what it would be like if there was like a mass kind of. You know, food shortage. These shitheads, like the Pelosi's and the Schumer's and all these fucking assholes, they're not gonna like go like we should give people money to get by. They're gonna be like, "Nah, we're on Elon Musk like floating Avengers planet." Yeah, and you have fun dying there. And it's just like they're not gonna take you with it. (laughs)
1: Like your loyalty to them is not gonna be rewarded. This movie like reminds me makes me think about eco-fascism like the climate change whether they like it or not is going to like facilitate a response and if it's not like a responsible response if it's not like trying to actually change our energy structure in a humane way and like take care of people the only other response left is like eco-fascism which is going to be like eco of poor communities yeah. decimation of decimation of like non white people it's going to be fucking horrible it's
2: uh, i thought yeah, eco fascism was when you dressed uh, you dressed a tree up as hitler <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah um, i was going to say that you either get socialism or barbarism yeah and right now we have barbarism but this is like you know the movie obviously is you know playing it out in seven years (laughs) apparently but uh yeah i mean if you know things don't change if people don't you know organize around you know uh you know civil rights human rights uh it's like basic human yeah yeah i mean you know you see the news water futures being traded like These things are, you know, in play always. And yeah,
2: that's the thing. Kenny has been on for like a while. It's the water thing. I remember like when we first met, he was like, "I don't do, I don't drink anything or eat anything by Nestle." And I was like, "Why?" He told me about. You're like, he's like the first person that told me about like Nestle privatized water. And I was like, "What the fuck?" This is like ten
4: years ago. Yeah, they they've yeah. been. I mean, uh, you know, Evo Morales like successfully fought them in Bolivia. They, they, they were trying to privatize the water there. Um, well,
2: if that's kind of what, like, because wasn't, like, Coca-Cola, like, involved in, like, the Chile coup?
4: I, I or, would not surprise me. I
1: mean. Oh, no, I
2: think Coca-Cola was, like, help us because Chile was, like, yeah, we don't want
1: you to. I don't know if it was Chile, but they, they for sure played a role in, like, there was giant aquifers and, like, water reserves yeah. in South America that coaxed, like, we got to turn that into slush. <laughs> well now Coke would be like we're
2: gonna turn it into Dasani and we're gonna sell it for thirteen dollars at the movie theater. Really?
3: Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I don't know. Uh do you wanna talk a little bit about like what made you choose this, Amador? What kind of
4: made you sure. pick this? Sure. So uh basically I'm reading uh Mark Fisher's book. uh What's it called?
2: <laughs> Borat too. <laughs> <The> no, <book. laughs> it's a,
4: It's a capitalist realism. Is there no alternative? And the second, the subtitle is a reference, I think, to Margaret Thatcher, because she was the person that said that you know there is no alternative that capitalism is the only real like political economy that exists because at that time you know i guess they were you know soviet Russia was basically falling and uh you know like uh, our whole lives so i was born in 89 when the berlin wall fell like what 89 mm-hmm. uh so like basically all of our live time like there hasn't really been a real alternative to capitalism um uh, and it's just like a I don't know. It's an interesting book because it essentially is saying that capitalist realism is uh, an ideology in and of itself, basically. It's like in the atmosphere (laughs) of our lives, basically, because like everything is centered around capitalism, right? Like our education system, like something that shouldn't be, you know, based on capitalism. Well, you could go... Like a crew of shitload of debt at the universities, right? Right, or you um, can get
2: like an upper hand because your parents are rich and they put you in like a
4: yeah some kind of like so, charter school,
2: and then you get dipshits like George Bush going to Ivy League schools. So.
4: Yeah, and I mean, you know, poor people are the people that not not all the time uh, as far as like higher education, but you know, the people with the most debt are typically you know like minority status or first-generation students, stuff like that. Um, So it's just, you know, uh, this idea that, uh, you know, neoliberalism and capitalist realism, you know, kind of operate in our world, and uh, that's why you see a lot of art. Like, it it got me thinking about Fight Club uh, specifically, Because it was like, you know, Fight Club feels like it's revolutionary, right? But it's all still functioning within the realm of capitalism. And it's still viewing, like, you know, they're establishing franchises of, like, their stupid fight clubs or whatever. Right, they have corporate
2: backing, and, yeah.
4: Yeah, so, uh, you know, what Children of Men does that's different than Fight Club is that it does, you know, play out pretty much at the end of that perspective at least that's what mark fisher is kind of saying in this book
2: Well, there's like nothing left to like mine for
3: um yeah there's like nothing left to squeeze out of like the workforce kind of
4: right and um
2: because like yeah cuz i didn't think about it that way i'm sorry to cut you off but i didn't think about it no, that no. way or if there's, there's no new people being born then there's no fucking you can't, like, work people to death because then there's no, like, replacements for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to be like, well, this is the workplace.
1: Well, it's also the pretext for everything is gone. If there's not a future. It's, like, literally not a future. There's no reason. Right. What is there
2: to, if you can't start a family, what is there? Because that's kind of the main,
3: like, end game, I think, for a lot of people. In, and I think that's kind of the thing with like
2: when we do the Fight Club episode, um, a theme of those movies is like being like disenfranchised with like, there has to be more to, than like working and starting a family. And I think now yeah. people are like upset that like that's been taken from us. Because there's yeah, some people and- that are doing gig economy stuff. But like, think about what if that was like completely taken from you? What if it's like, oh no, there's. It's not that you can't afford to start a family. Like, you physically literally cannot start a family. Like, what would be the point of being like, well, I'm going to work in an office now. You'd be like, well, there's no future. Who gives a shit? I'm just going to, like, do stand-up comedy. I'm going to, like, become a musician. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's like there's no incentive to,
3: to grow up and forget your – yeah.
4: Well, I mean, and like that perspective is kind of uh, reminds me of the cousin of uh, Theo in Children of Men, when he's like, "Why, why are you preserving all this art if like, you know, it doesn't even fucking matter? Yeah. Like, it's basically the end of history." And he's like, uh, "He's like, I just don't think about it. I don't care about it." So <laughs> it is what his response is. Is like, "Yeah, you, you know, I I happen to like this art and I'm preserving it. And I hang out around it, but like." It also doesn't even fucking matter because there's no people to see it. Except for me.
1: It's something I've been thinking about in terms of like like our culture as a country in the terms that like there there does seem to be like a universal truth that people do know whether they like like actively recognize it or not. And that is like this mentality of like like that's life. Like, get over it. Like, things are what they are. Rich people are going to abuse their power. Um, Life's not fair. Get over it. And there's this kind of, like, inevitability that perpetuates itself through our culture. Like, this is what it is, and it always is. So, it's almost, like, instills you with a feeling of, like, oh, you're being naive. You're being immature if you think that there's a better way to do things. Because, like, this is what reality is. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, like, acclimatized to that... (laughs) <laughs> if, like if you're, is that part of your soul that like feels like a better future's like possible? Has not like been fucking killed by <laughs> this year or just living in a this fucking country in general? Then it's like you feel like you're going fucking crazy watching all this shit yeah. happen. You feel like yeah. you can't. But there's like this, like that's what our culture is. Like capitalism has perpetuated this, like. Like, it, it just, we've been conditioned to, like, surrender to these circumstances before we're even, like, know better to try right. and fight them.
4: Yeah, I mean, so, uh, I would definitely re- recommend uh, reading this book. But, like, the first chapter uh, is titled, It's Easier to Imagine the End of the World Than the End of Capitalism. Which, yeah, I mean, that's, like, pretty much, you know when you know the pandemic hit, it's like everyone's like, oh shit, like everything's gonna end. But the thing that never fucking ended in this country was uh profit. Like yeah. everyone that that profits, like they absolutely are doing well. And like we all just got six hundred dollars. And not everyone gets it either. So you know, like some people still haven't gotten their fucking twelve hundred dollar check. So
2: and that's what's um, crazy is it's like it's, I'm sorry, my yes, yeah, so this is gonna be kind of two different things. So where it's uh, I remember when this first fucking started, and it was like everything was like weird. Where remember we had like those days here in Texas, Amarillo, where it was like sixty degrees in like May, and it's like oh yeah, because people are like driving and shit, like everything's weird. There's we don't have like. Mm-hmm. And everything was empty, and, like, they were just playing, like, fucking Feel the Dreams on ESPN because there were no sports. Yeah. And they and still like... have, like, ads for, like, Chili's going, like, we're still open. Like, please, go online and order food from us Chili's. And I was like, <laughs> this is fucking it's fucking weird. Yeah. it was. It's weird where it's, like, the wor- it feels like the world at that time. It's, like, it feels like the world is ending, and you still have ads going, like
3: yeah well we still deliver through
2: uber and it's like uber has like that has physical like employees doing it like you're like put people at risk you can eat them shithole food and it's just like it felt weird it
4: yeah i mean so the thing that so i know like every time i've heard, heard like zizek talk about uh the pandemic uh he's kind of mentioned how, like, he's been very interested in, like, a lot of the contradictions and stuff that have come out of it as a result of, like, how weird the shit is. And, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, you see, like, the people in the streets, like, there is a radical, like, slant to a lot more people than ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like it, it, like, you see the vast difference between, like, what activists are advocating for in the streets and what's being like messaged from both parties. And it's just like a huge contradiction. And, you know, plenty of people are like, we should be getting like checks monthly and shit like that. And, you know, people are basically relying on, you know, their job to like be able to have healthcare and like 14 million people lost their healthcare just recently. So, Well, and that's the thing I wanted to
2: say about, like, the, it's weird, because I agree with you, it feels like there is, like, more of a radical slant, and just kind of people I know, that were just kind of, like, libs, or, like, you know, not very interested in politics, who are now, like,
4: it's like, like oh shit. you
2: know, they're, like, yeah, they want to, like, talk to me about, like, Marxism and shit, that they're, like, no, but they're, like, interested in, like, learning this kind of shit. And, like, that didn't happen before, but at the same time, like, on Twitter, like, (laughs) there were, like, so many people, like, just kind of going, like, um, 600 is better than nothing. You should just, there's people that could really need, use this money. And then, and it wasn't, like, one, it was, like, a large population of people being, like, well, this is all McConnell's fault. It's, like, no, they're all working together. Like, if they could have fought harder, but they yeah. both agreed to fuck us over because, like, Joel Osteen's getting a PPE and fucking Kanye and all these <laughs> shitty companies are getting fucking money and it's like we're getting nothing. I'm sure fucking dumbass Elon Musk is getting millions of dollars from this bullshit. He's yeah. going to move here. He's going to blow up a rocket in the middle of downtown because he's a yeah. dickhead. And he doesn't know shit about shit and it's just like they don't care and there's uh, there's uh, there's people that are like they have to do this they have to compromise and 600 is better than nothing or like with the shit with like um cyberpunk recently where there were like an alarming amount of people going like lol you expected you expected that game to run on a ps4 you should get a ps5 or a gaming pc yeah it's like what the <laughs> fuck's your problem no they promised this thing Right, people spent money on it, and then it didn't work for the thing they have. And there's people like defending politicians and defending capitalism. And as long as that is there, it's going to enable them to just fuck us over.
1: Yeah, it's going to be like uh, when they turn turns out that the Pfizer vaccine is just like orange Gatorade. They're going to be like, "What? You expected this to actually?
2: (laughs) Yeah, get a gaming get a gaming PC if you want a COVID vaccine." (laughs) I'm sorry. I know that was like a tangent and probably unrelated to what we were talking about, but it just feels like,
1: oh, I, I've gotten so fucking sick of people's take of like, there's the, like, I'm saying, like, I'll go $600 isn't fucking anything. And then there's like that crowd of people that are like, that's your fucking privilege talking. You don't know how much $600 means to some people like, oh, no, like. Um if you added up all the fucking stimulus packages that like I got personally, I wouldn't have even been able to pay like one month of rent. Like, yeah, $600 so is like
2: half of my Nothing. rent and I don't live like fancy at all. And it's just like, you know, what's crazy is so a lot of these people that they're like, you, some people need $600. So you don't know what that means to some people. And it's like, Cool. If they need it that bad, I'm sure they're also like, you know, renting an apartment. Or they owe money to a landlord. And those landlords know that check's coming. They're gonna be shitty about it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Or like, I mean, you know,
2: bills
1: to keep the lights on. And it's like there's shit they have to Yeah. Like I live in a basement apartment. I pay two thousand dollars a month to rent. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. a basement. Like that's
4: Well, and like the the, the crazy, the crazy thing is, like you know, uh, I mean, I I feel like the pandemic has like revealed, like that all the things that you know socialists want are all the things that would have made sure that we would have been okay. Like you know, people would have still died, but you know, people wouldn't have been you know evicted. Yeah, people would be getting checks. You know, certain industries, you know, would have to keep going, you know, like, like you would have like funded PPE and like, you know, done something to make sure that, you know, like all of those things could process the like safely. And.
2: But there wouldn't be like bartenders working in the middle of a pandemic because yeah, their owner is uh, a shithead and was like, I'm exactly. not closing.
4: Yeah. So, all that to say, I I think uh, people uh, need to organize. I I like, and I, that sounds like such a, just like uh, I don't know. Organize? You it, mean like clean your room? No, not the Jordan Peterson way. <laughs> um, you know, if what's the use of having a clean room if you know the whole fucking world is on fucking fire? Yeah. Like, who gives a shit about your fucking room? I mean. You know, clean your room, like do it, but right. like also
1: get the point. Come on, on a skateboard, you are getting <laughs> <laughs> Tell him he's cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, all right. We 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 should probably wrap this episode. It seems like we're running long. Yes. Um but yeah, you got any
4: closing thoughts? Be more like Jordan Peterson. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh... no, no, no. Uh,
2: you know all the things <laughs> that you. Think, uh, <laughs> Like Like I stopped recording. I I stopped recording and I cut all the audio, and I just looped it for two hours of you being like, "Be like Jordan Peterson, Happy (laughs) Birthday Polly." Oh, good.
0: (laughs) No, sorry.
4: What were you saying? No, just just want to quickly say, people need to organize around you know like housing, around Medicare, around all the things that people yell about on fucking Twitter. But you know, don't do more than just yell on Twitter. You know, actually engage your communities and fucking just start at the local level because this shit we we can't we can't be children of men. Yeah, we have to be children of God. Okay.
0: Ooh, You're giving you a me like... <laughs> <laughs> All right,
3: what do you got, Kitty? Uh, four out of five stars. Okay, you're just
2: giving it a review. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the episode. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs>
0: uh, rate,
2: rate, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on uh, Facebook if you want to get bullied by I know Kenny's uncles. <laughs> His weird <laughs> uncles who have like the bangle boss as their Facebook profile picture. <laughs> 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 uh yeah and until next time goodbye forever oh yeah also <laughs> um I, I i think this is gonna be our last episode until the new year so uh have fun right. you
3: pieces of shit <laughs> that's why i <I'm laughs> made this episode all right bye